This is the sunny voice of your local announcer, Tom Fitzmorris. And it's time once again for another edition of The Food Show. It's very simple. We talk about food. That's all I need to say. That Bud covers it. And we'd love to hear from you. That's uh, the other thing you hear me say over and over and over again. And it's, I'm not trying to irritate anybody. But it, um, the, uh, the way we think of this program is this way. If you were to just be walking down the street or in the parking lot of the Kmart, Kmart, is Kmart still? Yeah, they still, they still are. Anyway, you're walking through the parking lot of wherever it is you're, you are, and here comes somebody who thinks you're somebody uh, other than who you are, and you realize it's just a funny joke, and you, and you just uh, wind up talking to him, and he says, oh, by the way, did you see that... Uh, a car that got stolen here a few minutes ago. I mean, there are just all sorts of uh, things that get going uh, among a couple of people who, up till that moment, who did not know one another. Well, I don't really know you. Maybe I do. I'm, it's possible. Uh, and I'm not doing anything to keep you from finding out who I am. So uh, the, all that is left is for one or the other of us to say, hey, aren't you? And then just to keep on going... Bring in some other topic that everybody loves to uh, talk about, food, it being the one we use around here. And uh, we get going, and the next thing you know, we have a conversation. We maybe even have a friendship. Who can say? But if you don't want any friendships and you don't want a conversation and you don't want to smile and you don't want to be a part of the community, uh, then don't call me. Uh, although, even in that case, go ahead and call me anytime you want about anything that touches on, in even the smallest way, the food cycle around New Orleans. Uh, that is, we eat it, and then we're happy, and then we eat some more, and we're still happier. Our number is 260-6368. We are coming to you on 105.3 FM HD2. If you're on, uh, listening on HD2, you did it on purpose. Because uh, getting to HD2 radio is not the immediately easiest thing in the world to do. It's, it's certainly uh, a little harder than tuning in an old-time FM or even, heaven help us, uh, AM station. We haven't done that uh, in quite a while, but uh, it doesn't really matter. Once you figure out how to do it, it just takes one button. So and you can't get any quicker than that. So uh, we want to hear from you. Because your mind is full of all kinds of great-tasting things, and there are a lot of people out there looking for great-tasting things. So uh, I figure if you uh, were to get on the air with me here and tell me about something good that you've run into or that you're thinking about uh, trying or that you did try, uh, then everybody would walk away from this with uh, some better ideas in their mouth about, well, things in their mouth. So our number is 2606368. I have uh, over here a list, and I don't know why they gave it to me exactly, but uh, it's useful. It's uh, a, a list of all of the, the, the uh, cakes and things like cakes that Jean-Luc Albin, who is the owner of Maurice's French Bakery. Who's Maurice then, Tom? Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think I ever met him, but I think there was a guy there for some time. This would be quite a while ago in the, in the 1970s, 1960s maybe even. And uh, 
It was uh, in Metairie, where it still is now. Uh, Chef Maurice, uh, well, I don't know who he is again, I tell you. But uh, uh, Chef Jean-Luc Albin, he has been in the New Orleans dining scene for as far back as I can remember, certainly uh, from the 1960s and on. And he's still there, and he uh, has this great bake shop that does uh, just about anything you can imagine in the way of pastries and, and baked cookies and and uh, cakes and pies and just the entire range of it. And as you might well imagine, one of the biggies over there is king cake. Well, officially, the king cake season opened up middle of last week. Uh, it hardly matters because, uh, you know, that was the 12th day of Christmas and we stopped counting usually around then. But we are still out there thinking about this because people are slinging king cakes around here and there. I haven't uh, actually bumped into a king cake except at a party I went to a, about a week and a half ago. And what it was, uh, it didn't look like a king cake and it didn't act like a king cake either. In fact, it had a little worm in it. <clears throat> I'm not kidding. I don't know how it got that way. It was something that somebody brought. It wasn't the work of the hotel where they were. Anyway, I thought that was pretty funny, and we've been uh, talking about that and other things ever since then, uh, having to do with king cakes. But we have uh, the king cakes are out there, but that's a really obvious subject to bring up because it's just everywhere, and it's considered one of the distinctive New Orleans uh, culinary items. Let's not uh, talk too much about the fact that all through Europe, the, the countries that are mostly Catholic at least— but a lot of the ones that aren't, uh, they are uh, also ha they also have king cakes, but they make theirs totally different uh, from the way we make them over here. If you uh, ever make it to, uh, let's see, uh, 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 certainly uh, France and Spain and most of Germany, really. And also uh, Poland. Poland is very, very Catholic, and um, and, and, and a number of other uh, other uh, other countries around there. Um, Belgium, Belgium has them a lot, and you will find if you go there at the king uh, king time of the year, which is now uh, or last week and now, uh, they would give you a king cake. But I guarantee you, you would look at it and say, you must be mistaken. I said, if for I ask you for a king cake. Well, the what they call a king cake over there, we would call, you know, it looks more like, um, it looks more like a uh, cheesecake than anything else, although it doesn't taste anything like it. It's made with almond uh, paste. That's not the best word for it, but that's how some people call it. <clears throat> uh, and there is a... Uh, uh, there they are, uh, all of these uh, European-style king cakes. And you can get that around here. Uh, Maurice's French Bakery, who we were talking about just a minute ago because he dropped off a, a couple of sheets of paper here. He's got them. And you ought to try them one of these days. They uh, Again, I tell you, they do come with a baby. But they are totally, totally different from the king cakes you have been eating all your life. It doesn't even look like it. Uh, not even by, by a long shot. Let's see. Hank Desay is on on hold here. Hi, Hank. Welcome. Hey, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good, good. <laughs> I have a question about um, the Pontchartrain Hotel. By the uh -huh. way, I live in Memphis and uh, visit New Orleans quite a bit. But I went on the website for the uh, 
Pontchartrain Hotel. Uh-huh. Is Caribbean Room no longer there? The Caribbean Room as we know it is not there. But okay. there is a there is a restaurant there. It's called uh, Jack. Well, I always get this goofed up. Jack Rose, I think, is the name of it. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Uh, so, that's the that's in the space that used to be the Caribbean Room. And if you look over the menu, and if you have a good memory, you will say, "Well, yeah, this is kind of the food that they were doing as the Caribbean Room." But all of the what I think of as the best dishes they had when it was the Caribbean Room, I didn't see any of those. So uh, I'm not sure uh, where that's going yet. It, it gives me the impression that they're not quite sure of it either because uh, it got shut down for a while. Uh, it, it probably had something to do with John Besh's problems uh, for a while there. Uh, but uh, it's now uh, being managed by different people. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I, I, we went there about a month ago, and uh, I was, it, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't what most people remember of that place. Yeah. Well, I had a friend of mine tell me uh, that uh, he thought the Mannings, somebody in the Manning, either Peyton or one of them, had something to do with the hotel now. But I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, that I don't know. I'm not sure who, uh, who runs the hotel. There's a... There's a name that I, I've seen a couple of times, but I'm not sure what it means. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to see that the place is even open because for a, quite a while there, they were closed, you know, like for, for several years. And uh, the hotel and everything. Uh, yeah. And now they've got everything running again, so at least we have that. It would be a shame to have that. It's a landmark, you know. I don't have to tell you. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. One thing, right, that, and also I saw on your uh, website you 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 got talked into a, a, a Alaska cruise. Yes. So uh, my wife might be interested in that along with me. Yeah. Would it be best to contact? I, I can't remember. Is it Debbie? Yeah. Is De- that- yeah. Debbie is our uh, is our travel agent. We don't do any of that by ourselves because we don't know how. You know, you yeah. ha- you have to be licensed for that anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, the uh, if you go to nomenu.com slash uh, Alaska, that's all you need to do. You just open up your browser, nomenu.com. That's my w- regular website. Yeah. And, okay. then, and then just slash uh, Alaska, and it'll take you to the page, and it'll have all the information. It has Debbie's phone number there. And if you call her or send her an email, she will send you all the brochures uh, to oh, tell you about okay. it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. We've I been on. It. We've been to uh, Alaska uh, twice before, but it's been a while. And what really uh, got my interest was that it's the Cunard Line, which is the class act of 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 that, of of mm-hmm. cruising. And uh, as soon as I saw that, I, and then I looked over the prices, I said, you know, this I, I can't not go to this. So yeah. so we're going to do that. My wife and me. We're going to uh, be the hosts, as we always are, and uh, we always have a great time at those things. Yeah. Well, I, what I, another thing I like about it is you you depart and return through Vancouver, so you don't have to, you know, yeah. you, that's, at least that's what I understood it was. That's, that's exactly right. We're, uh, the, the ship itself actually begins, actually it's a, a, an around-the-world uh, tour, that they're in the middle of all of the Cunard Line ships making around the world <laughs> cruise every year, and that's obviously we're not going on that. But they uh, they're coming back in at such a time and such an angle 
that it makes sense for them to pick up passengers in uh, in uh, Vancouver and then go to all the all the ports in Alaska, and then we come back and we're in Vancouver again, which yeah. might not strike anybody as uh, that big a deal, but it's a big city, and they have more restaurants per uh, pe- per person in the country, per population. Uh, uh, of they say the uh, the greatest in the world. Yeah. So and a lot a lot of Asian restaurants, tremendous number of them. So I that would be of interest to me. So before and after, I'm gonna we're gonna hang out another day or two and uh, go to some restaurants. Well, I think the advantage though is in the you know getting your flight. You, you you're more likely to get a better fare if you do a round trip. Yeah. You know, like for me, it'd be Memphis to Vancouver rather than go to. Memphis to Vancouver, yeah. and then get another trip back from, say, Seattle or wherever the where the ship uh-huh. ends up. Yeah, that's uh, well. The ship doesn't end up because it's it's still on its round the world cruise, and it's going to keep on going after it leaves us. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, it, it, uh, I'm excited about this, and uh, you know, call Debbie and uh, ask her for uh, a brochure and all the others. Anything else you want to know? Thank you, Tom. All right, thank you. See ya. New year. See ya. It's a happy new year. Yeah. 260-6368 is our telephone number. Uh, okay. So anyway, since I have this inventory here, <clears throat> excuse me, of all of the, or so says, all-time classic cakes that uh, Chef Jean-Luc makes over at uh, his place, Maurice's French Bakery. I'm just going to run this down to see if there's anything here worth talking about. Carrot cake. Red velvet cake. I had a red velvet coffee last week. That's not another. That's not one I will have again. I don't think. German chocolate cake, blackout cake, a lot of chocolate, of course. Italian cream cake. You have to be Italian to understand what that is. Coconut butter cake. That's good. Tiramisu, another classic Italian dish. Uh, nobody had ever heard about it until about 1990 or 1980-something. Uh, Black Forest Cake, very German. Bavarian Cream Cake, that's rich, rich, rich. And then I turn the page, and let's see, it just keeps on going. Doberge Cake, Chocolate Delight, what is that? With Oh, a custard and whipped cream and pecans, okay. Fresh Fruit Cake, is it like like fruit? I haven't seen one of those this whole year. No, no fruit cakes. Anybody see any fruit cakes? No joke is requested here. I see the joke. <laughs> That's a good one. But uh, all right, we're not doing that. We will come back with more of the food show after first. Please, this. Hello there. Welcome back. It's the food show. This is Tom Fitzmorris. I hear tell that Keith is here. Keith, are you there? Yes, sir. Hi there. Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm the same old guy. How about you? Okay, I want to ask you a question. Ask me. If you could talk about the best way to grill a steak so you can get the closest thing to a steakhouse. Uh, I usually get my steaks cut one and a half to two inches thick because I yeah. like them rare. Yeah, that's pretty thick. But that's, I want to see, what do you do when you, cook, when you cook your steaks on your egg? What do you do? Well, first of all, I get a really huge fire going. Uh, when you get that thing up to what it's capable of doing, you can get up to about 700, maybe even 800 degrees. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think I'd go that high if it were just one steak. But if I had a bunch of them, I definitely would. So that's mm-hmm. that's one thing. If you have a good grill, uh, the grill is the way to go, I think, because I think the, the great way to cook most meats, at least cut to beef steaks, there are a lot of meats that are not really appropriate, like liver, for example. You know, it's, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't benefit from it. But uh, even if you don't have uh, a grill of any kind or, or not a very good one, uh, you can do what restaurants do. And that is they, they basically cook the steak twice. They, um, they get some butter melted in, in a hot skillet. And then you put the steak in there, and you let it sit there. Don't, don't go pushing it around. Don't, don't stick a knife or a fork in there and all the juices come out. Uh, just put it right in there. Leave it alone. What will happen is that it will stick to the pan. And when you see that it is broken loose of the pan, turn it over at that point. Add a little more butter if you need some in there, and then go until it's seared and and pretty dark on each side, and kind of kind of almost crunchy. You know, it has that, that mm-hmm. definitely seared quality to it. After you reach that point, if you have a steak that thick, two inches is pretty darn thick. Uh, what you would do is you put it in the oven at about 400 degrees and let it cook the rest of the way there. How do you want your steak cut? I mean, uh, what what temperature? Rare. 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 I would take it off the grill at uh, at about uh, uh, 120 degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on, on your meat thermometer. Stuck, you, mm-hmm. When you think it's ready, stu- stick the meat thermometer in there and take a reading of it. 120, you'll get your rare. 125 will be mid-rare. 130 to 135 will get you just medium. Mm-hmm. That's about. When you, when you Before you put your steaks on the grill, how do nah. you prepare your steaks? you use olive oil, salt? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't put anything on them other than salt and pepper if I, if, if I want pepper. Uh, but in one sense, uh, there, there was one butcher I met some years ago who said most people don't understand that steaks uh, require more salt than it seems like they do because you just have this one little, well, you know, relatively speaking, compared with, let's say, uh, a chicken, a whole chicken, a steak is pretty small. And you would probably put a whole lot more uh salt on the chicken than you would on the steak, but you have to make up for that. So, you know, a little bit more, unless you've got a health problem that tells you don't mm-hmm. uh, eat a lot of sodium, then, uh, you know, rethink that. Because you can always add more salt and pepper, but you can't take it out once you've put it down. Right. So, uh, and that's that's the way I do it. Uh, and that's oh, the I'm- way most most restaurants that are not steakhouses where they they sell a fair number of them but they don't have them as a, a you know they only have six different steaks in there uh they they do that two step approach it works pretty well mm-hmm. all right well thank you so much <clears throat> thanks for calling see ya it's the food show this is tom fitzmorris uh, I think Susan Spicer might be showing up on our program today i don't know if she's going to call us and i don't know if she's coming over but uh, she had uh, sent an email to me about the fact that uh, for at brunch time at Bayona, which is her restaurant over on uh, Dauphine Street in the French Quarter, she says that uh, 
at the moment, and uh, she seemed to indicate that there was going to be an end point to this, but she didn't say what it would be, and it gives me the idea that they might just be doing it permanently. But if you go in for uh, lunch over at Bayona, I think that's a Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and maybe a Friday thing. It is, uh, uh, they, they give you a glass of champagne, is, is, was the big news. That's what caught my attention. And uh, I called her up. I said, what's the story here? She told me wasn't much to it, but it sounded good. And I said, call me on the show. We haven't talked to you lately. So uh, Susan Spicer might be calling today. I forget what day she said she would call. I said, call whenever you feel like it. This is kind of a loose program, you know. It's not. We're not bringing in the. Uh, we're not bringing the Pentagon to do our program or anything like that. Uh, we do talk about absolutely anything having to do with food. So if you have anything on your mind about anything you have ever eaten in your entire life, that you either loved or you hated or you wondered about, call us, and we'll have a little game of it, and we'll see what we can find out. Uh, we might have somebody listening to us right now who knows the exact answer to uh, the question you have. And we, uh, I can assure you, uh, have a lot of people who would be very much interested in he hearing uh, what you have to say about the restaurants you've been to lately and, and uh, the, the ones that you uh, think will be terrific and the ones that won't. Our program is sponsored today by Felix, F-E-L-I-X. If you pronounce it that way, you will mark yourself as somebody who has been eating there for a very long time. Uh, I don't know what it means that they do that, but uh, a lot of people just call it Felix's or just Felix. The word Felix in Latin or in Spanish or uh, probably in, uh, in Italian, too, just means happy, uh, which, which I like. Made me happy the first time I ate raw oysters at the original location of Felix. Over there on Britannia Street. Oh, excuse me. Where did Britannia Street come out? Pardon me. It's on uh, Iberville Street uh, between Bourbon and Royal. They've been there since the 1930s. And their oysters are great quality. And not only that, if you go in there and maybe you don't eat oysters on the half shelf uh, raw. But if you don't, you can get them fried. You can get them grilled. You can get them made Rockefeller style, believe it or not. They can do oysters Bienville. Uh, and then a few other variations on it. In fact, they run a, an oyster special every single day. All of this happens at Felix, F-E-L-I-X. The original location in the French Quarter is still there, still packing a nice crowd in there, still with a line outside in front of the place, usually right under the big neon sign. Or you can go out to the lakefront where a restaurant called Brisby's used to be, but it's not anymore. So the uh, the uh, Felix people just went in there and took the space over. It's a great-looking area. You have a view of the entire lakefront, and it gets nicer and nicer as the temperatures start going up and up a little bit. I had to have my air conditioning on my uh, car uh, running on my way into town today, so we're getting pretty close to that. They are open seven days a week, lunch and dinner, and they'd love to have you come in and uh, just lean against the back of your your chair and take a look out, out into the blue uh, 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 Lake Pontchartrain and enjoy some oysters at Felix 2606368. And you're probably wondering what national day it is today. What national day is it? Well, we have a number of them, as a matter Do of you? fact. Do uh, you? What's the number? Only one food-related. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Well, why are we talking about it? Well, because it's National Bubble Bath Day. Oh, 
which hmm. is a wonderful thing. It's also <laughs> National Joy Germ Day. Joy Germ? Yes, Joy Germ Day. Now, what Joy Germ is, is that you go around making people happy, and you yeah. distribute that as you would a disease. So uh, it's, it's sort what? of the, the wait, antithesis. Wait, wait. Uh, I, I don't understand. What? Joy. You know, joy. joy I, I understand well, that. Joy and wonderful stuff. Uh-huh. That's what you do. Okay. Now, it's National Shop for Travel now, wait a minute. Day. Isn't there a kind of uh, dishwashing detergent called Joy? Yeah, but it has no germs in it. Uh, you know, okay, I guess so. It has nothing to do with that. It's uh, yeah. Okay, but it's National Shop for Travel Day also. Today. Shop for travel? Shop for travel. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking of doing that, good day to do it today. National Argyle Day. For those of you who, who are... Uh, Argyle socks, as yeah or, yeah, or for those of you who gargle. Anyway, it is National Winter Skin Relief Day. Boy, you know, uh, a lot of us uh, have a need for that. I remember some years ago, my son, who was uh, in, in college at the time, he, um, he was itching a lot up, up his back. I said, do you take long, hot showers? He said, yeah, that's it. Stop doing that. That's right. Take long, yeah. short showers. <laughs> long, short, showers. short, yeah. long okay. and short. Okay, okay. National get English to work right on Toffee that. Day. English Toffee Day. You know, uh, you can get a toffee bread pudding over at the Upper Line. It's been on That's their wonderful. menu for years. Mm-hmm. But yeah. a good day to do it today. Yeah. And one more. One okay. more. Mm-hmm. National Volavant Day. Oh, yeah, Volavant, it's, uh, it, it means fly on the wind. That's literally how it translates from French. And most people in New Orleans would identify a volavant as being a, a, uh, an oyster patty. You know, they have these little paper things, and they almost look like muffins, but they're smaller. And uh, you put in crab meat or crawfish or whatever you want in there, and you bake them, and it has this flaky, light pastry. Uh, it's also uh, the place where a lot of people put their uh, uh, oyster dressing when they're doing Thanksgiving or any other similar uh, festivity. And uh, it is something I have never liked, but a lot of people do, so I, I'm not going to go nya or anything like that. If you like it, eat it. If you don't like it, don't eat it. Simple as that. You get no arguments from me. Unless, of course, you think that hot muffalettas are a good idea. Oh, come on, man. We'll uh, return with more of the food show in a moment, but first, please, this. Hello there. Welcome back. It's The Food Show. This is Tom Fitzmorris. It's great to be here with you talking about the food scene around New Orleans. And if you have any, uh, uh, if you wonder at all uh, if what you have in your mind at the moment about such things is really appropriate for a program like this, because after all, aren't we talking about king cakes? We were talking about king cakes, but uh, even if we definitely had been, if you would have come along and uh, said, I want to talk about uh, uh, chicken salad, I would say, have at it. Uh, call us up. Put it, we'll put you on the air, and then you can tell us all about it. And that's the way it works all the time. And uh, really, I mean, it, it, just think of it as just meeting somebody uh, on the street, somebody you know, and uh, there you are. You don't have to prepare for a conversation with him or her. So don't bother doing that with us. Just call us up, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk like uh, we've known each other all our lives. 260-6368 is our telephone number. We just had a phone, num- a fo- a phone call here from someone who says he's Felix or Felix. 
We will find out in a minute. Hey, Tom. Hello there. Welcome. Hey, Tom. How you doing? I have. I'm fine. Welcome. I was driving in from Slidell yeah. to New Orleans, and I yeah. heard my name on the radio. Yeah. How do you say it? Uh, both ways. Yeah. Half of, half of my family says Felix, and the other half says Felix. <laughs> Typical family, then. Well, yeah, we're, yeah. We're I mean, guys, uh, yeah, so. families. Are, well, that's right. You know, I just, I there's a guy I know who is writing a book about uh, uh, Jim. Uh, wait a minute. What what was his nickname? He was the uh, Diamonds uh, Diamond Jim. That's what they called him. He was the owner of the uh, the La Louisiane oh, restaurant for a long time. His real name was Bricado, but uh, he uh-huh. his, he thought he'd get by better with. Uh, with a with a, a, a sort of French sounding name, and he and he did too. But uh, anyway, they, there's all of these Italian traditions that are all over the place. And nobody seems to know that they're really Italian. Well, a lot of people. Yeah, don't know. yeah. Well, my name was changed when they came to America. Just yeah. Knocked off a few letters, and <laughs> a lot of people took us for French. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because of the spelling, but. We were definitely full Italian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I called because you mentioned Susan Spicer's name. Yeah. And uh, last couple of weeks ago, you were talking about who went to eat on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And uh, we took three grandmothers, all in their 90s, to Mondo. For Mondo, yeah. That's interesting. Mondo, that's that's a... That's a yeah. It's a unique place. Their menu is not like any other menu I know. It's uh, very original. It's very family friendly. Yeah. They have burgers, but they also have a lot of you know good fish and stuff. And homemade pizzas. If yep. you have children, they're going to make their own pizza. Yeah. Uh-huh. Always fun for the kids. But we uh, yeah we it was three families and they split the bills up and I mean they couldn't have been nicer. Mm-hmm. Service-wise, we got there at five because that's when 90-year-old people eat. Uh-huh. And, uh, but it was, everything was, was wonderful. They enjoyed it, and that, that's what it was all about, you know, taking them out. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not surprised. I've known her since before she was a chef, and she uh, has always just been right on top of things, and she has really a wonderful sense of taste. You know, there I've met some people in the restaurant business over the years who really don't have a sense of taste at all. They they just do things that they think will sell and get people talking about them. But what does it taste like? Well, Susan uh, never let that uh, happen to her. She uh, uh, always the, the, you you see a dish that they're serving over at her places, and you can count on that being good without even tasting it. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, ingredients are quality. Everything's fresh. Yep. Yep. And it's not overspiced. That's and true. That's despite the, new, the, new despite the name of the chef. Overspiced. <laughs> you you would think that somebody whose name was Susan Spicer would be spicy on the food, but she doesn't. Not really. It's not bland I either. Middle, I think her middle name is not over. Susan, not overspicy. <laughs> yeah, that could be. Hi, Tom. Well, thanks, thanks for calling. For my name every day on the radio. There you go. You you're welcome. It's the food show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. Let's see. I, I still have this piece of paper. I've been since we sat down here.
45 minutes ago. I've been looking over a list of all of the cakes and king cakes. It was the main focus, but uh, all sorts of other things that over at Maurice's Bakery they, they have. I don't know why they gave this to me, but uh, it's interesting enough. Let's see. I've gone through two pages of it already. Uh, let's see. All-time favorite cakes and Jean-Luc specialties. Dauberge cake, you know what that is. That's with very thin layers. I never did think much of Dauberge. Not my kind of thing, but a lot of people love it. Uh, chocolate delight, that is a chocolate custard filling, whipped cream, pecans, uh, chocolate dripped cherries, or strawberries, either way. Shortcake, you know, <clears throat> a real shortcake is not like pound cake. A, a, a real shortcake is probably the closest thing you ever eat to a shortcake are buttermilk biscuits that you eat for breakfast. But if you make those and you add some sugar to the, to the dough, it will be sweet. You can't take it too, too far, but you want a little background of sweetness. Uh, and then you put the, the, the uh, strawberries on top of that. Then you've really got something. That's a real strawberry sh uh, shortcake. Uh, the other kind isn't. Fresh fruit cake. This is interesting. I mean, you, you always hear about fruitcakes and everybody uh, making jokes about how there's only one fruitcake in the entire world. And, and when somebody gets it as a gift, they hang on to it until the person who gave it to them is out of sight. And then they uh, give it to somebody else, and it just kind of keeps moving around, and there's only one in the whole world. I uh, didn't see a one the entire holiday season. And I kind of like a good fruitcake, and there was a, a company based here in New Orleans, although they moved over to where the uh, old Chassasi ham outfit used to be. The, the Chassasi ham people got really killed by Hurricane Katrina. Uh, they came back fast enough, but they, uh, they really got slammed, and they decided to move to Metairie. So uh, when they, after they did that, they had this space downtown there, and the guys who make this fruitcake... It has the St. Louis Cathedral on the top of the can. That's where they are now, I think, unless they've moved. Let's see. Uh, what else do we have? A strawberry and Grand Marnier cake. Grand Marnier is a liqueur uh, that's fairly high in alcohol, but it tastes like uh, it tastes like uh, citrus. It tastes like uh, uh, orange, orange juice. Let's see. Uh, what else? Chambord. Chambord is uh, it's an, another liqueur. That is really quite sweet. It's made with uh, honey and with raspberries. Uh, a, a, I, I don't think they just throw raspberries in there. I think it's fermented, and it's, it's very suave. And it comes in maybe one of the most beautiful bottles for, of anything that comes in a bottle. Uh, Chambord, C-H-A-M-B-O-R-D. Chantilly cake. Chantilly, okay, if you... Chantilly, if, they were in, if we were in France, it would be Chantilly, something like that. Probably not quite that ridiculous, but uh, all right. Uh, dark chocolate truffles. He's making truffles. Truffles are hard to do. Truffles are basically um, chocolate mousse mixed in with uh, uh, not truffles, uh, but with whipped cream and... Uh, that's, that's basically the program, and then it's, then it's chilled to the point where it's frozen. 
Then finally, uh, they have a, de- uh, a cake called chocolate decadence cake. It's a flourless chocolate cake made with almond meal instead of uh, with uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, flour. As a matter of fact, I bet you you've been in a restaurant that offered among its desserts something called um, no. Uh, let's see, how do, what's the exact uh, jargon here on this? It's uh, choc- uh, uh, flourless chocolate cake. That's it. That's what we're talking about here. They call it chocolate decadence. All of these, by the way, sell for around 35, 38, somewhere in there. Let's look at the, the last page of this. And this is interesting to me. Just imagine all of these cakes being made in this bakery every day. But they're pretty good at it, so they've got it figured out. Let's see. This one's hard to see. It's got stapled. Hazelnut cake. Mocha cake, that's so it tastes like a little like uh, coffee. Grand Marnier, I told you about already. French chocolate. St. Honoré. Huh, what's, what's that? Let's see. I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. It's, uh, it says here, crown-shaped caramelized filling cream puff cake. Ah, they're making that with that kind of dough, that special kind of dough that they use for that. With some dark rum and uh, amaretto liqueur and... Says here, additional five dollars for combination flavors. Oh, yeah, Croquembouche. Croquembouche uses the same kind of pastry that you use to make uh, 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 what? Well, what do they call those? Um, it'll come to me in a second. There's a there's a name for that, and uh, it eludes me at the moment. Uh, okay, so that's Croquembouche, and they stack up these. Uh, uh, these things and they they stuff they're they're filled with the with the kind of the the uh, sort of somewhere between whipped cream and uh, a, a a pastry cream and then it's inside the uh, in the pastry itself and it comes in a big pile you it's this is something you see in a big deal receptions and thing and things Napoleon cake what in the world. Delicate, buttery puff pastry sheets filled with your choice of almond, strawberry, or chocolate. This sounds good. Russian cake, raspberries, rum, jelly, rum, and uh, crumb. I don't know. Paris Brest. (laughs) Uh, Brest is a city in France, so it's named for them. And that is a crispy toasted almond pastry shell filled with hazelnuts and chantilly cream. There it is again. It's always not far from there. Anyway, um, that's the, the list of all the cakes that they have over at Maurice's Bakery. That's a lot of different cakes there. Uh, but you know what? That whole culture of making pastries for a, a, a hotel more than any other place if a hotel has its own pastry shop, that's what they call it. That's the jargon for that. If they have their own pastry shop where they make all their own pastries and all their own breads sometime, that's, that's really hard. Uh, and uh, if, if you find that to be the case, you are uh, probably about to walk into a really good restaurant. Uh, make sure they actually do have them. So I've seen more than a couple of incidences where a restaurant made a big fuss over the fact that they had their own pastry shop and they made all their pastries in-house and they did all of these French things and everything. And then you you realize that they, they make like three of them and that's it for the day and, and nobody knows. 
One thing I learned from going to the output of a bake of a pastry chef is that uh, they they put a lot of credence in their recipes, and in fact, the whole art is to follow the recipe exactly. And if you don't do that, that this is true, by the way. This isn't just a, a isn't just a legend. Uh, that if you uh, you if you veer from the recipe, you are out there on a tightrope, and if and you're about to fall, it's a big mistake. And uh, although that might not seem very creative, that does seem to be what you do to get good pastry. I had uh, an occasion not long ago to uh, eat in a restaurant that had consomme on the menu. Consomme is one of those dishes. It's, it's like uh, pastry in that if you don't make it by a certain prescribed method, you will not come up with something that really is consomme. Consomme is uh, a usually clear or very close to it uh, soup that is so rich, but not from cream or sugar or anything like that. It, it just has this intense flavor, uh, and, and it's so thick that if you Sometimes if you put it in the refrigerator, it will set up like a, like a Jello would. In fact, it, it's made a lot of the same way. Anyway, if you ever see consomme on the menu, ask him if it's real consomme made classic European style. Uh, don't order it unless they say, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if they don't know what you're talking about, then uh, I'd pass on it. But you won't get much of an opportunity to do it because I couldn't name you uh, two restaurants in the whole city that make consomme on a regular basis. Um, uh, this was one of those things where finally, at last, I was talking to Chef Andrea a couple of days ago, and I said, uh, do you make the consomme in your uh, kitchen if somebody asks you for it? Uh, do you do it in the same way that we did it for the cookbook? Uh, he and I wrote a cookbook together. It's his recipes, I, I claim no creativity in that. That's 100% his work. Uh, and I wrote the, I, I, you know, put the words together. That, that was my job. And I remember being very intrigued by this, uh, by this uh, consummate concept. And he had this incredibly elaborate method of doing it. But what came out of it was really good. So wonder that not more restaurants uh, have consummate. It used to be very common say, uh, 50 or 75 years ago. I know that means uh, people are laughing who are under the age of 30 or maybe even under the age of 40 that would be even talking about a dish like that, or let alone make it and eat it. But, you know, that everything evolves, at least in the food world it does. 260-6368. All we do is talk about food around here. Uh, today, I thought we would just Yesterday we did cheese. We didn't get much out of that. If you wanted to talk about cheese and you couldn't make it on the air yesterday, call today. What's your favorite cheese? What's the one you don't like the most? Uh, do you think that cheese is overused in restaurants? I do. I think they're grossly overused uh, to the point where you, you don't taste anything else, and, and then it slows you down for a couple of days, too, if you know what I mean. Uh, let's see. Where was I? Or was I anywhere? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just uh, this, this list of all of Jean-Luc Alban's uh, variety of cakes and pies and, and pastries got me to thinking 
that we have not talked about bakeries around New Orleans uh, in a long time. So I'm asking you now, if you have a favorite pastry shop somewhere, favorite bakery where you go anything from donuts to uh, beautiful cakes and pies and and cheesecake and all of that, uh, what's your favorite? Uh, Tell me where it is. We're always looking for these things. We used to have them all over the place in New Orleans. I mean, there were... uh, bakeries everywhere you went that made everything from some basic bread up to very complicated desserts. And that seems to have gone away, and it's a shame. I will tell you one place where it went that is really a shame, and that is you have a restaurant, you have a big, big list of pastries and cakes and pies and all of that. And guess what? The recipe is Call the guys who bring the truck over full of pastries and put it in your refrigerator. And when somebody orders it, you give it to them. That's a true fact, and I could point fingers at a number of restaurants, but uh, I know where they're coming from. And actually, the product they put out is pretty darn good. But there's something soulless about the whole idea of a, a restaurant getting all of its all of its pastries uh, from a truck that drops them off at once a week. Uh, Warren LaRuth, uh, the chef, he passed away quite some time ago, but he and I had a conversation once. He was really worked up about this, this place. I'm going to clean his language up a little bit, but he said, those suckers, uh, they, here they are bringing in this product, and they are uh, t- taking a restaurant markup on it, but all they're doing is retail. He was just incensed about that. Uh, well, he's no longer with us, but I kind of concur with him. Uh, we are creeping up to the news, and we're going to stop and come back with more of the food show in just a little, uh, you know, a few minutes. Stay tuned. But up, up, up. Oh, wait, I, I, I jumped the gun on that. I was, uh, I was an, uh, a minute early. So anyway, think about it. Uh, if there's a bakery you remember, uh, the, the, there was one on Broad Street. If I heard the name, I know I would recognize it immediately. And I was trying to think of the name of it. was the, oh, gosh, it's not coming to me. Uh, but if you remember that, uh, this was pretty getting on towards uh, uh, Esplanade Avenue uh, and over towards the fairgrounds on Broad Street. There was a, a very well-known bakery. It's long gone. Anybody remember the name of the place? Call me, 260 The food show continues after we check the news from CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.